everybody, welcome back to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. This is Steve. I'm back with my good friends, Noel Kirsch and Keith Abbott. How are you doing, guys? Good. Hello. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, uh, this is, welcome back to episode two of season two of 1978. Mm. And today, Keith's going to take us through uh, world events and politics. So, Keith, take us down the crazy happenings in our world that year. So, 1978 was about as interesting in world events as it was in the music episode. And you did an awesome job on music, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what I thought I would do is talk a little bit kind of from chronologically again, because there's, it's kind of hard to wrap world, world events and politics up in, in a kind of a summary. So I'm going to just briefly talk about some of the highlights that happened in 1978 globally. Um, I'm sure that some of these probably could be touched up in a mash mashup too, but I felt like they were as impactful for, for a world event as it could be. So, um, 1978 world events, the, the one interesting thing that started off in, in February, February 27th was the Rockwell international, uh, corporation created and launched the first global positioning satellite. And can you imagine really life today without GPS, oh right? Gosh, so, wow. yeah. So Navstar one is launched by the United States on February 27th of 1978. And obviously it definitely wasn't something that was consumer driven at that point, but mm -hmm. think about everyday life with us now. Could oh you imagine gosh. not no. having that? So again, no. coming back from things that were relevant even more so today than, than back then. And I may have messed you up, Noel, because that could have been also a technology thing. So please feel free to bring it up. Our mm. listeners will probably forget by then anyway. Crossing that off my list right now. I, yeah. I can't ever, re I can't ever remember. Um, you're welcome. I can't remember what I walked in this room for, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> so here, here's an interesting one. So Everyone is familiar with who Charlie Chaplin is, right? He was oh, yeah. very, very yeah. famous, very famous silent film artist. On the 1st of March, 1978, um, Charlie Chaplin passed away. And Charlie Chaplin's coffin was dug up and stolen from its grave by Roman Wardus and Gancho Ganev. I hope I said their names right. The body was held for ransom in an attempt to extort money from his widow, uh, Ona or Una Chaplin. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but oh. she basically inherited a hundred million dollars from Chaplin and the pair were trying to hold his body for ransom to get some of that money. And the pair were caught in a large police operation in May of this year. And Chaplin's coffin was found buried in a field in a nearby village of Noville, just a few miles down the road from where they covered it. But they basically reinterred the, uh, the coffin into the cemetery and it was reinforced with concrete. So I thought that was kind of interesting, not necessarily a political event, but weird, you know, weird stuff. That's what I like about the seventies is we were hoping for there to be strange events. Cause we thought that we, when we think of the seventies, we think there were some odds and ends that were crazy. So I've decided mm -hmm. to integrate some of that into the politics. Cause you know mm -hmm. how much I love politics, but anyway, mm -hmm. so real Keith, real, real quick, Keith, uh, you know, it, it brings a, you know, interesting, like, what would you do scenario? So, so say you were, uh, Charlie Chaplin's widow. So you already have the money, the guys in the ground. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did. I don't know. I mean, I like, I got the money. I don't know. It's uh, feel like a jerk right. for saying that, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah like, I mean, I guess they, they got caught and they, she kept her money. Everything was good anyway, but yeah, it does present a really interesting scenario there. Yeah. So, so, so uh, in 1978, uh, the president of the United States was Jimmy Carter, as mm -hmm. we know, and mm -hmm. it was a, and I'll talk a little bit more about us politics in a little bit. But April 7th was something that was interesting. So Jimmy Carter decides to postpone the production of the neutron bomb on, on April 7th of this year. What the neutron bomb is, is basically 
a weapon that kills people with radiation but leaves little damage to buildings. So April 18th, um, this is something that caused a lot of dissent amongst uh, Americans. I think anybody that was, uh, any of our parents at this time probably disagreed with this move, but the U.S. Senate on April 18th votes 68 to 32 in favor to turn the Panama Canal over to the Panamanian control, and that was to happen on December 31st of 1999. So 21 years later, they decide to turn the Panama Canal over to control of the Panama government, which in a way makes sense, but a lot of patriotism was there saying, hey, we you know, this is, this was our thing. And we're just giving up something that we yeah. build and have pride in with a, you know, mechanical or Marvel. So kind of interesting there that, that something like that happened. And I remember my parents were pretty hacked off that that happened. I don't know if you all remember this at all. I, I don't remember yeah, this at no, all, man. Yeah. I was like four. So, right. I mean, no so, problem. So, so hold on, <clears throat> let's back up. So the Panama canal was built by us, the Americans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. As a way of like a passageway between like one side of the ocean to the other side of the ocean and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Basically it was a, it was a, a shorter connection than having to go all the way to South, to the bottom of South America. Right. And come around. And, uh, so basically yeah. a shortcut. Yeah. It was basically a trans Isthmusian canal that president Teddy Roosevelt uh, hmm. oversaw the realization of. So it was yeah. built between 1903 and 1914. Um, hmm. as, as a, as a way to get things put through a little bit faster. So, and yeah. we turned over control voluntarily in 1978 to yes. the Panama Panamanian yeah, government. Basically, basically said that at that point, um, we will turn over all control of the canal. Um, it was, it was basically a, a big foreign policy achievement at the time, uh, for the U S and I believe it was great Britain that also facilitated that. Um, to, to happen. So, but yeah. And so they, they turned over control to the Panama government, basically just relinquishing any rights or control we had to it. That's so weird. I, yeah, I can, kind of, I can, I can understand why they, why people would be ticked off about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you think about a, a lot of this was, you know, almost a century in the making and, and another one of those things that was a marvel of engineering uh, showing American strength and ingenuity you know, so so those kind of things. A lot of folks during the '70s that you alluded to this in music is there was a lot of pride, uh, a lot of stuff going on in in the in the world, and that was just another thing that a lot of those people of that era were pretty upset about, just because they liked they liked the 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 not the power trip, but I just think the pride in the country. You know, yeah. yeah. So so switching to global events, um, there was a huge huge um, coup d'état in Afghanistan, where uh, President Khan was killed and his family was murdered uh, during a Mar- Marxist military coup d'etat. Uh, Nur Muhammad Taraki succeeds him. And the reason that this is significant is this was the event that began the war in Afghanistan that to this day wow. still hasn't totally been settled. I mean, we just talked about the uh, U.S. evacuating Afghanistan and pulling out of that just last year in 2022, right? So, I mean, even to this day, th- this whole event with uh, uh, President Khan being killed really instigated hmm. all of this polarity in Afghanistan, all of this infighting. And, you know, if you remember um, sometime later, the the Russian government uh, was was in a war with Afghan. There was mm-hmm. an Afghan-Russian mm-hmm. war. Like Ten years. So, yeah, 10 years. And so a lot of things spun. And that's what's interesting about looking at some of the politics of 1978 is there were a lot of these events that caused 
uh, a snowball effect down the road, some for good, some for bad. Um, but that was one in Afghanistan that was a pretty big deal, I thought. So yeah. pretty cool. Well, you're pretty you're cool. seeing the movie Charlie Wilson's War. Yes, I haven't. Is it good? Yeah. So so very much about this story. Uh, really, Senator or Congressman Wilson, who was actually, I believe, from Nacogdoches, Texas, um, probably butchered the the town. I know it's in East Texas, but anyway, uh, he was the uh, congressperson that really started to, to get U.S. funding to fight a covert war against the Russians to support Afghanistan. So, so you think of it at the time, you know, our ally was Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you know, not so much now, but uh, you know, it, it, it is really what helped sort of create that cold war was, you know, you know, today we support send a lot of money to Ukraine, but we're not the least bit covert about that. We're very no, not at about all. that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it, of course, you know, Russia started to get smart. Hey, you know, holy cow, they're shooting down our helicopters now. They must got American weaponry somehow. But uh, right. yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely a good tie into what you're talking about. That's the one with Tom Hanks, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Definitely want to see that. So good, good stuff. Charlie Wilson's War. So um, yeah, so that was a big, big deal as continuing to this day. Um, the next thing I thought was kind of interesting, um, a, t- a couple of events that happened in sports. Um, since we're not covering sports as a tactical thing, I thought this would be good for a world event. Um, and it was kind of timely to tie into what we were talking about for our first year. So on May 18th of this year, Sarajevo, Yugoslavia, is selected to host the 1984 Winter Olympics. And Los Angeles, which we talked about in 84, was selected this year to host the 84 Summer Olympics, which we've all talked about. This is probably the year that most of us remember the most as far as an mm-hmm. Olympic year goes. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that this was the year that that happened. Um, the other, uh, interesting thing, and I know Steve is going to be pumped about this. I selected this just for you is on June the 1st, uh, the 1978 FIFA world cup starts in Argentina. So, um, between that and Lawrence Wilk, I figured that Steve would be, wait, wake up, bro. Are you okay? Are you there? Are you there? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Football. 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 So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that World Cup and who wins later, but I just thought it was just for you. So, And here's another interesting tie-in to another podcast that we, we talked about um, is on June 9th, very significant thing happened. Ford issues a recall of the Pinto due to public outcry resulting from deaths associated with gas tank explosions. And we tie this into the uh, top, top secret, secret movie. Yes. That's right. That's right. So that was... Great significant movie. event in movies of all time. That's right. So big world event at that time. The Pinto explosions cause a massive recall. So interesting thing there. So uh, other fun things that happened in June, June the 19th, the first comic strip for the comic Garfield. Came oh, wow. out. I so, love Garfield as a kid, man. Yes, me too. It, it started locally as a, a, uh, a, epi- uh, a comic strip called John. Uh, but it goes into nationwide syndication in 1978 as Garfield. So kind of interesting. Wow. Following along and, and stay with us, Steve. June 25th, Argentina defeats the Netherlands 3-1 to one after extra time to win the 1978 FIFA World Cup. There you go. Hang Thank on. Yeah. Your Steve's life changed forever. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So another interesting thing that happened that same day on June 25th and, and something that's really relevant to uh, the landscape of the country today um, is the the rainbow flag of the LGBT movement flies for the first time in San Francisco. Anyway, so that's what happened in, July, in June. 
Um, July had a few things happen. And one thing that I think is awesome, but I'm going to defer that to Noel. It was a super awesome video game. And I'm going to let you talk about this technology. And if we ever need to, it might be something, the more I read about it, it might be a deep dive into a single episode. There's what? a couple of things in here. Yeah. Yeah. Paul? I don't want, I don't want to No, nope, I don't want to give it away. You're going to do technology. I know you, you're still researching it. So I'm just going to tee it up for you, Noel. I'm not going to steal your thunder. So, All right. but All you, right. you'll know, you'll know. Okay. Right. So, um, here's another thing in July, July 25th, Louise Brown is the first test tube baby that was born in Oldham, Greater Manchester, United Kingdom. So that was the year of the test tube baby, hmm, Louise Brown. Man. Do you all remember that? Nope. I, I think I do. Yeah. I remember a little bit about it, but I, I, not a whole lot, but I thought that was pretty interesting there. So, so that's about halfway through the year. A uh, lot of crazy events that happened, but like I say, it was just all sorts of, of strange, random things went on. Um, in August 12th, the Treaty of Peace and Friendship occurred between the countries of Japan and the People's Republic of China. So it is concluded on that day that creates just kind of a peace accord between those two countries. Uh, pretty big deal if you think about the uh, just the, the amount of things that occur between those two countries globally. So pretty, yeah. pretty good and interesting thing that they, they decided to, to have a treaty of peace and friendship between the two. Um, August 21st. Now, I think this, again is something that is a big enough deal that it, it would warrant a deep dive. And the more I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole after I started learning about this next thing, uh, because I think it's so significant um, that it probably deserves its own thing. But um, there were 12 scientists from a company called Genentech, and they succeeded and beat out massive, huge, multi-billion dollar companies like Eli Lilly and those to create and develop the first synthetic human insulin. Oh, wow. And to, to read the story about how that was created. Before that, just to give you a little brief thing, before that insulin was created by livestock and it took like hundreds of livestock to pr produce a small amount of insulin to help. And can you imagine, I mean, diabetes is a very big issue in the world today, especially in the United States. And to be able to have human insulin developed synthetically has really changed and saved a lot of people's lives, really. Yeah. So mm -hmm. again, it, it's a, th this is a company of 12 employees that created this and it's just, 12, it's a cool, 12? yeah, 12, 12 employees. Genentech wow. was a, a company of 12 employees that beat out all of these multi-billion dollar Hmm. mammoth companies to develop this first human insulin. Then it was passed on to Eli Lilly um, to, to do tests and everything to be approved, but pretty interesting there. And um, I, I thought that I really think that it's worthy of a deep dive if we ever want to do some one-off episodes, because I went down a massive rabbit hole learning about that. Yeah. So pretty cool. August 26. So a lot of different things happen in August 26. Now this one's an interesting one. So Pope John Paul I succeeds Pope Paul VI as the 263rd Pope. But here's the interesting thing. He dies on September 28th after only 33 days of papacy. Oh, wow. So he oh was a pope gosh. for only 33 days. And so that that was what's interesting is this, and, and I'll talk about this a little bit, but this was one of the few years, um, and I'll go ahead and talk about this on October 16th. Pope John Paul succeeds Pope John Paul the first, the second succeeds the first. And if I, I remember Pope John Paul, I'm not a Catholic, but I remember him vividly. Um, mm -hmm. as, yeah. as one of the most well-known popes, but he succeeded them as the 264th Pope. But here's the interesting, this was the first year that there were three popes that since the year 1605. 
And so uh, Pope John Paul II is the first Polish pope in history and the first non-Italian pope since Pope Adrian VI in 1522. So interesting stuff about the pope. So an interesting year of, of being three popes in the same year. Three popes. Um, three popes. So uh, <laughs> so here, here's another interesting uh, thing that, that was coordinated with, uh, with President Carter. It was the Camp David Accords that happened mm. on September the 17th. And it was basically the, the Camp David Accords is, is another deep dive. Um, but in summary, it, it was basically a pair of political agreements signed by Egyptian pre- President Anwar Sadat and an Israeli Prime Minister uh I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I'm so sorry, but it's Menachem Begin or Begin, B-E-G-I-N. I don't know. Mm, I'm going to call him Giuseppe Verde or Joe Green to you. you I don't know. Okay. But I, I, yeah, it's, it's, and I apologize because I, I do not know this person's name, but he's probably not listening right now. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully not. But, but to our listeners who are big into world events, I apologize for that because the, the Camp David Accords were a result of 14 months of diplomatic efforts by Egypt, Israel, and the United States that began after President Carter became president. And the efforts initially focused actually on a comprehensive resolution of disputes between Israel and the Arab countries, but it gradually evolved into a search for a bilateral agreement between Israel. Israel and Egypt. Both the Prime Minister of Israel and the Egyptian President were the Nobel Peace Prize winners, uh, co-winners on October 27th of this year. Hmm. So kind of interesting. So, so now here's here's where some some sort of world politics start taking place that we you might remember. I do vividly from from the the, the start of this. So let's turn our focus in September to Iran. And um, on September 8th, Iranian army troops opened fire on rioters in Tehran killing 122 and wounding 4,000. And this happens and causes a huge upheaval, including a 2 million person demonstration against the Shah of Iran Shah. on December uh, Shah on December 11th. And, and what's interesting is I guess the Shah was trying to modernize or westernize the civilization. So the riot, not only did they, they have a demonstration, but they destroyed symbols, symbols of westernization, including banks and liquor stores. Ooh, liquor stores. Yeah. Yeah. We never, we, we haven't visited those this week. So, nope, we haven't. but no. yeah, so this, this set the stage for the Shah to flee Iran and for the Ayatollah Khomeini to, um, to become a, a rise in power in, in Iran. So, uh, and if you realize, if you remember Ayatollah Khomeini and all of this kind of led into the Iranian hostage crisis and yeah, those mm-hmm. are fu- yeah. future months. But again, this is another one of those moments that was really interesting. It's something that in my small mind of six years of age, I do remember a lot of the issues with our Iran and, and those kind of things. And Iran had a hard year. So in addition to that, um, there was a 7.4 magnitude earthquake that same month that affects the city of Tabas, Iran. And it was basically a, a maximum intensity that was considered violent on the Richter scale. At least 15,000 people were killed. So on top yeah. of this this big riot and this this change of power, 15,000 people are killed in Iran at that same month with a big earthquake. So lots going on there. Um, so in, interesting stuff in, in that world event. And like I said, it's it's stuff that leads to other things that I remember vividly about. Um, we, I've talked about in my solo interview about um, El Paso. And I remember we, at the end of that, we have a mountain in El Paso at the end of the mountain, there's a star. And it used to be that the star was only lit during Christmas season. But I remember when the, the, the Iranian hostage crisis happened, they kept that star lit until the hostages came home. So I oh, just wow. remember those things cool. being burned in my memory. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, 
A um, couple of things that I thought were kind of cool that President Carter did on October 10th, uh, President Carter signs a bill that authorizes the minting of the Susan B. Anthony dollar. Um, cool. Any of you all have some of those as collectors? Oh, yeah. I do. I, I do actually have one of those. Yeah, me too. Me too. Do you have some? Do I? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a uh, yeah. matter of fact, I think I got several that were still in like plastic cases. And from the, Oh yeah, from that's the, cool. From the, the, from the actual the, minting. The Franklin Mint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad collected a lot more coins than I realized. And when, you know, when he passed away, I, I found a bunch of them and there's a bunch of Susan B. Anthony dollars and there's pretty cool. That's cool. Um, an, another thing that's really close to home for us this week and something that Steve, you and I have talked about, and I was excited to mention this when we talked about this, this t- today, Steve is on October 14th, President Carter signs a bill into law which allows home brewing of beer in the United States. Yes, mm, that's yes. the only thing he got right during his presidency. That's exactly, what I was say, man. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, so he's not all bad, you know? Yeah. He's not all bad. He so, messed up Iran so, and the gas prior, prices and stuff, but man, he got beer right. So prior to this to this bill being passed, it was illegal to brew your own beer. Apparently, apparently wow. that was yeah, it was wait. not something that was a that's just a, a crime shame. Yeah, I know. I mean, you think of the speakeasies where you couldn't get up publicly in the 20s, and I guess you really couldn't make your own until this happened. So interesting. That yeah, allows homebrewing a beer on October 14th, 1978. And to this day, like you and I were talking, Steve, we we're talking about these growlers like we're doing on this trip coming up. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fun to be able to create our own and share that? Oh, so that's yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, so those are a lot of the things that happened in, in, um, globally. And I've mentioned a couple of things at the United States, but let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into the United States politics of the year. And again, you can go into a lot of deep dives with the Carter administration and, and people who agree and disagree, uh, with his policies. But, um, the, the 1978 elections were congressional elections. Uh, they were held on November 7th of 1978 to elect the members of the 96th U S state Congress. United States Congress, sorry. Uh, the election occurred in the middle of Democratic President Jimmy Carter's term, obviously. And um, the Democrats also retained control of both houses of Congress. So the, the House and the Senate were both controlled by Democrats, very, very much locked. However, what's interesting about this is what it leads up to. So the Democrats lost three seats, though, in the United States Senate to the Republican Party. Uh, they won the nation the nationwide popular vote for the House of Representatives by a margin of 8.9 percentage points, but they lost 15 seats to the Republicans. Uh, the election represents the most recent instance in which the president's party retained control of both houses, but um, the, the the last one was 2002, where uh, it was the Republican side where they retained both the uh, Republican House and Senate. So. Anyway, but here's what's interesting. In the gubernatorial elections, this is something that's kind of pertinent to what's going to happen next. Republicans picked up six seats. So, but let's talk about who they were. So among the newly elected governors in 1978, future president Bill Clinton was the oh, governor wow. of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we go. Clinton's eventual successor as president, George W. Bush, ran as the Republican nominee in Texas's 19th congressional district, but he was de- defeated by a Democrat. And I would love for you to tell me if you know who the Democrat, who is a Texas Tech, since it's a, we're all from Texas Tech. Preston Smith. No, not Preston Smith. That was a little earlier. But Democrat mm-hmm. Kent Hance. Yeah. Kent no Hance. way. Yes. Yes. He beats George W. Bush as the Republican nominee in the 19th wow. Congressional District in Texas. Kind of interesting. Mm. Um so yeah, so uh, Georgia's district was flipped from Democrat to Republican by future House Speaker and one-time presidential uh, candidate Newt Gingrich. 
So a lot of names that would kind of go into the into the future. And so, you know, they were they were modest in the Republican side, but you were starting to see this potential swing to what we talked about in 1984 with the massive what they call in this in this research. I said it's not my term, but the massive Reagan revolution that was to come. So you can start seeing that that balance of power shift from a Democrat held party to swing to the Republican parties in that. So interesting there. Um, hmm. Another other notables um, just to, to talk about in 1978, the Electronic Fund Transfer Act was passed oh, wow. and huh. it uh, it prevented established rights and, and liabilities of consumers as well as responsibilities of all participant in electronics funds transfer activities. So I thought that was interesting. Here's another thing that I thought was really interesting. It was a proposal for the District of Columbia. To, it was called the District of Columbia Voting Rights Amendment. And this is a big deal if you think about elections of today, because it would have given the District of Columbia full representation in the United States Congress, full representation in the Electoral College system, and full participation in the process by which the Constitution is amended. And if you think about that is a very heavily blue territory, um, yeah. and that, that, that could be a very pivotal um, thing that happened. So it was it was proposed by the Congress on August twenty second, um, and the legislature and the legislatures of the fifty states were given seven years to consider it, and um, they had to have ratification by thirty eight states to amend to become part of this constitution. Um, and after that limit was reached, only sixteen states had ratified it, and so it never came into being. But I mean, you think about the significant impact that having a couple of more electoral college seats, a couple of more uh, Senate seats could could impact uh, on on the country. Um, So I just thought that was a really notable thing that it didn't happen. But the proposal and I remember even hearing in this last election and a couple of elections before that is if D.C. would have had blah, 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 this would have been blah, blah, blah. You know, so I, I that 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 echo is still happening yeah. to this day yeah. about that. So, um, so lots of interesting things happen in the world and in the U.S. as far as world events and politics. Um, there were significantly others. <laughs> I mean, significant other things. But uh, it, you know, to go through a year of of world events in a in a thirty minute episode is impossible. So those were the ones that I felt were, um, hmm. I guess, worthy of news in a in a summary of a podcast of this year. Um, what, what things that I mentioned stuck out to y'all? I mean, first of all, the, you know, where you sort of kicked it off of the GPS, um, launch and, uh, you know, I solely rely on the GPS now. So my phone tells me where to go and how to get there. And, uh, but, you know, I still remember very well the days where, you know, you, you reached out to AAA to get your trip tick to uh, get the directions on how to get from point A to point B. And and uh, that was sort of fun. You know, you knew that you, know, you had to keep an eye on the odometer, see how many miles it passed and see if you were close to that next right turn or that left turn. And and uh, sort of like, you know, sort of compelled to maybe go old school in the next road trip just to, you know, Stop having the phone tell me how to get somewhere to, to, to do that instead. And, and so that's, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that that's, you would assume that that technology existed a lot longer than it has because it feels yeah. like it's been around forever, but it does. And have you all seen that? It's a, some, I think it's an Instagram tweet or Twitter or something like that, that the, the dad said, you know, the, the kids in the back seat and said, you mean you used to, you used to be able to find directions with a paper map. And they said, yeah, you did. And they said, like pirates? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. We should put our put our Jolly Roger flag up and do it again. But hey, what was the? the I, I remember vividly using what was the big map in Houston. What was oh, that thing the, called? Uh, key map. Key map. Yeah, key map. Key yeah. map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there the was, orange. I guess, maps. Maps goes were in Dallas. Orange, yeah. 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 I remember yeah. having to use those things, and I'm I'm not sure. I don't know how more people didn't die on the highway flipping pages on those suckers no, trying to find kidding. where they were going. <laughs> no kidding. I mean those those things were bigger. Those those were several hundred pages thick, if mm-hmm. I remember right. And mm-hmm. I just remember like you really hoped you had one that was up to date that you didn't just like drop oh, off yeah. a map of an intersection that was under construction or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 So but you're right. That was that was a fun nostalgic way of traveling. Yeah, I mean, you know, back back in the in Houston days, you know, with those key maps didn't really help you once you got outside the beltway. Yeah, because everything on the beltway was fairly new and growing so rapidly. So yeah, to your point, if you didn't have an updated map, you were updated key map, you weren't good outside of where Noel lives now. Biting the bullets and asking for directions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or telling your wife, no worry, I know where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Noel, what what's some things on 78 that's kind of stuck out to you? Do you remember any of these? I mean, you were four. So does any of this, yeah, no. does any of this stand out or like the, the repercussions of that? Was that ever a discussion in your family? I mean, no. I mean, I, I remember the um, the hostage crisis and stuff. I I, I remember that early on yeah. was you know like it was a big it was a big topic of conversation about what what Carter was going to do to get the hostages back, if they were going to be able to get them back, and then you know that was late that was after seventy eight. This was more into the eighty election when it was like do. You know, my parents were talking about. Well, do they feel like they that uh, Reagan would have a better chance of being able to to get the hostages back? I mean, that was seen as seemed to be the thing that everybody was so focused on was mm-hmm. just being able to get those get those hostages back and stuff. And so that's what I remember of the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the whole um, GPS starting in seventy eight is just mind boggling. Like I I can't believe it's been around that long and i know at the, at the at the beginning it wasn't for like uh it wasn't it wasn't launched um with the intent of getting us from home to work or from us to home to doctor's office or whatever like how it's used today or from uh doordash to get from uh you know chipotle to our home or whatever but that's certainly the way it is you know being used today but um it's pretty amazing that you know that that all started back in 1970 i'm continuously amazed at the number of like ah-ha moments that occur every single year that we take a look at guys it's amazing yeah. to me and oh, exactly 1978 is no different from from the other two three years we've looked at yeah, I I looked a little bit more about the Navstar. It was it was developed by the Department of Defense to provide all weather round the clock navigation capabilities for military, ground, sea, and air yeah. forces. So right. yeah, definitely did, took on a completely different meaning of with what mm-hmm. we use for today. Yeah, um, yeah. It was originally used like how to how to how to defeat um, how to protect you the U.S. from from foreign enemies, and uh, you know how how to how to give our military a, a leg up and war uh to keep us safe from from foreign enemies but yeah you know it's amazing how it's how it's transferred from that to you know get chipotle to home you know <laughs> like it's, it's where, where's the nearest where's the nearest store to find growlers 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, very much, um, you know, the energy crisis of the seventies, of course, in 78, we were just starting to climb out of that. I mean, really ran for a full decade from 70 to 80. And, uh, but I remember, you know, very much, you know, my dad always saying, you know, you know, close the door all the way, you know, keep the lights off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, be very energy conscious. Of course, my dad was also a power plant manager. So he was, uh, yeah, he knows, he knew what was going he on. He was in his DNA. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just remember, you know, you know, the the prior year, you know, one of the first things Carter did was, you know, you know, in '77 was to challenge everybody to make personal sacrifice and and to help save energy by, you know, turning down the thermostat and putting on a sweater instead of, you know, using using um, oil to heat your home or whatever, and just essentially suck it up and wear a sweater instead. <laughs> and uh, right. and so it wasn't, um, it was probably a prudent thing to do. And, and, and he, he role modeled it by doing that exact thing in the White House. And everybody complained about the White House being cold all the time while he was president. But, um, you know, it's, uh, I remember people sort of resented him not doing more and wanted personal sacrifice instead. Interesting. Hmm. That's funny. So yeah, lot, lots of things. It's funny to to sit there and try to reach Ray back in your memory and go, I, I do vaguely remember these things. And uh, and then also, like you say, things that we're using today that just were beginning then. And then music that we were listening to while we're in our car with our GPS, right? That I Steve know. mentioned, right? I know. Let's listen. I, I have the need for the Bee Gees as I go to, um, you know, find the nearest Chipotle. So it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm curious as as kids, you know, thinking back to 78, do you remember, you know, being scared of the Russians or being concerned about going to war with the Russians at all? I don't remember that. I don't think as much until maybe I got a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew about them, but I didn't know much about the whole situation. Um, yeah. So to me, it wasn't until probably the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Early eighties. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the same thing. I mean, the, uh, war games, you know, like yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes, that that movie kind of like oh, we've got an enemy, and then it was like Rocky Four, oh yeah, it 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 was you know it was it was sort of the the pop culture I think I think mm-hmm. it sort of introduced me to the fact that we actually have like a we have it we have an international uh, enemy, you know that yeah. that's that's of course that's a chi- I was a child, you know, so like right, that just tells you, I mean there's probably some level of communication that was going on in the news and stuff that our parents were aware of it. Yeah. But for a child, yeah. what, what was, were they, what were they aware of? It was only through movies, you know, like you just said was where I became aware that there's this enemy out there called Russia and they're awful. Right. You know, we need to yeah. not be yeah. them. That was kind of the like, message. At 1978, I thought the empire were the bad guys. It was a yeah. year after Star Wars came out, you know. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, funny that you mentioned the war games because that 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 it was 1983, and the television show. I don't know if you remember uh, the day after. Did y'all see this? Yes. Uh, yes. So both of those were in 1983, and and yeah. that's I believe, like you say, Noel, were the was the year I was 11 at that point, and that was probably the year where I was like, okay, so there's something bigger going on that I don't quite fully understand. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So definitely. Interesting. So I, I would love for our listeners to kind of chime in on that. What, um, you know, what, what years did you really feel that, that there was a, a prominent concern there? Um, some yeah. of, some of our listeners might be a little older than us can, can kind of maybe reach back a little bit more, uh, into the seventies with a, a, a more 
robust memory um, and mature age. I would love to hear uh, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting as adults now, I mean, it's part of the, part of the beauty of this podcast is, you know, as adults now, what are our, what you can't, you can understand the importance of what is being communicated through our movies and TV to our kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what is being, what is the message that's being communicated through our movies and TV to our kids? Because that's, I mean, it's, as we just illustrated back in, 1978 1980 or whatever it was 1983 that's when we first knew that there was an enemy that called russia and it was between it was because of movies and tv yep so you know it's important for us as adults to look at what movies and tv is communicating to our children what 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 are they being told what yep. message are they receiving through that medium but anyway it's interesting. De- dev- definitely makes an impact and we're mm-hmm. we're here sure. to, to uh be the examples of that without even yeah. realizing it. Yep. Totally. So, well, yeah. thanks for letting me kind of run down 1978 world events and politics. I, I got to say that it's, it is definitely not the um, episode that I personally would pick to listen to on a, on a road trip. <laughs> world <laughs> events and politics can kind of be drab to me, but um, there were some fun events that came out and I hope that uh, that was some, a little bit enjoyable for some, some folks to listen to. And thanks for hanging in there with me. Yeah, you bet. It's always, it's always interesting whenever, you know, just one last thought, just, you know, that people that were allies or countries that were allies back in 78, like Afghanistan are not now. Right. And uh, right. how they just the global, I guess, temperature can change so much. So um, and not a long, not a long amount of time, you know, yeah, on, on yeah. The, in the world standard. Yeah. So, yeah, so. pretty interesting. Nice job, Keith. Good job, Keith. Hey, thank you all. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I know it's a tough bite, so appreciate no, it. No, it was good. It's really good. It was good. It was good. You know, you know, you always expect, you know, you're like 78 to, you know, especially early in our lives to to not necessarily have a lot. Of, oh, aha! Oh, I remember those moments, and uh, but it's I, I remember bits and pieces of what you talked about, and just have a perspective of what's going on in 78 to to the years that come later. You know, soon mm-hmm. soon thereafter to know how that impacted. The memories we do have is, is pretty cool to hear. So it really is. So, Keith, thanks so much for 1978 uh, world politics and our world events and politics and everything is very interesting. Um, uh, Ish. Enjoy, enjoy. No, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> as as enjoyable as world poli- as world events and politics can be in 1978, you did a great job. And so. thanks for drawing that for me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, uh, thank, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate y'all tuning in for another episode of the Wayback Chronicles and uh, tune in next time when we talk about 1978 technology. So uh, what that's going to be interesting, it's going to be tying some in, uh, some connections between 1978 technology and then what we talked about in 1984 technology. So there are some connections and it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Cool. So hope you tune into it and listen to it. It's going to be pretty awesome. So. No, I was going to take us down down the uh, the world of the exciting world of Scantron cards. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> Scantron, you <laughs> two pencil lads ready. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Noel Kirsch. I'm here with Keith Abbott and Steve McKelkey for the Wayback Chronicles. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, buddy. Thanks, guys.
Thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel, Keith, and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future.